welcome everyone to episode 66 of the 25 Live. My name is Jim Bernica. My special guest this week is Neil McMillan. So now Neil is the Firefighter Cancer Prevention Committee chair, Chairperson for the Ottawa Professional Firefighters Local 162. He's also the WSIB, that's the uh, Workplace Safety and Insurance Board rep uh, up there. And he's just all in on the health and safety for the firefighters in Ottawa and Ontario. So I brought him onto the show. Um, not really, uh, you know, usually I have kind of an outline of where I'm trying to go for, for Neil. It didn't have to be that way. It was just kind of what topics do you want to talk about? And and uh, we just went all over the place, no rhyme or reason. But, you know, without further ado, let's just bring Neil in and we'll go from there. All right. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the 25 Live. I've got my friend Neil McMillan with me today. How's it going? Excellent, Jim. Excellent. Thank you. All the way from the Great White North. You how, got it. How how cold is it there? You know what? It's uh, I believe it's right around freezing. I've seen a couple a uh, couple of rogue snowflakes outside my window. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not quite there yet here in exotic Beaver Creek, Ohio. So. I'm sure that's coming, coming in time now. Yep, yeah, yeah, we're going to send it down. We've we've had enough already. We'll send you it know, down. To you guys. A week ago, I was wearing shorts, so but now it is the winter jackets. But uh, now you are my. Uh, I consider you my twin. A uh, little bit more attractive, um, oh. better shape, but my twin nonetheless. Because you're doing a lot of stuff up there, you know, with the Ottawa Fire Department and with Ottawa firefighters that I am here, you know, locally in kind of the Dayton area. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. Yeah, we I think we were separated at birth, you and I, and um, and I I probably got the shallow end of the gene pool. Uh, we have the same hairdresser for sure. No way. You um, are the Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I am the Danny DeVito. <laughs> for those you know dating, we're dating now. That's pretty old movie. Yeah, excellent reference though. <laughs> comedic, uh, comedic geniuses, uh, those guys. Uh, but yes, I mean I do. Uh, I, I actually I represent our, our union, uh, local one six two. Uh, up here in Ottawa, and uh, I sit on a provincial association as well. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, what got you involved in doing all this kind of health and safety for firefighters? Well, um, you know, much like yourself, and, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, I'm all in when it comes to the fire service, um, trying to uh, to make advancements and kind of leave the place a little bit better than than where I found it. Um, it's an amazing occupation, as you know. And uh, it's nice to be able to contribute. And, uh, and we, we develop such close ties with our colleagues. I really don't think that's replicated in many other industries. And uh, I really felt it was, it was kind of my, my duty. So uh, uh, I've been involved with our association for, for a little while, you know, started off as a shop steward. Um, and then uh, one of the predecessors to my current position as the WSIB chair for our association, uh, Peter Barton, uh, asked if I wanted to get involved with the WSIB committee. And that stands for, for, for anyone who doesn't know, that, but that's a Workplace Safety and Insurance Board. It's our, uh, our workers' insurance, uh, you know, which is uh, covered provincially here in uh, Ontario. Uh, and I didn't really know much about it. I, I kind of knew, you know, if you, you got hurt on the job, typically you got taken care of for the most part. Um, but uh, due to confidentiality, obviously, uh, there isn't a whole lot that's said about it. Um, so, uh, against, I guess... Uh, better judgment I, I decided to jump in with both feet uh and not too long after that uh i uh was uh i got a couple comments from uh from people and uh 
you know, my, my mother being one and one of my colleagues, Jamie Rogers, another one about a mole on the uh, side of my head that wasn't looking so good. Um, so I, I went and got it uh, biopsied and uh, was told, oh, you know, in two weeks, you'll get the results, no worries. Um, two days later, I was on shift at work and, you know, came back from a run on, uh, on the rescue and, uh, you know, put my pants back on, grabbed my uh, phone and noticed there was a message and I listened to it and it was the hospital saying that your results are back and you have uh, invasive uh, malignant melanoma and we'd like you in for surgery tomorrow morning. Please call this number back. Um, so it was a bit shocking to receive that uh, partway through shift. So I called, called my wife, uh, asked her if she could pack me a uh, change of clothes and maybe meet me at work in the morning. And, uh, and yeah, it's kind of went through that. And uh, from that point on, I, uh, I, I invested heavily into uh, increasing my knowledge as to um, some of the risks uh, associated with firefighting, specifically uh, occupational illnesses and disease. And that led me down a, a really deep, long rabbit hole, which has been immensely rewarding and eye-opening. I love that you were already involved in this stuff before it became personal. And I, and I have to imagine once it really became personal, once you went through everything you went through, you know, having to have surgery and, and where exactly was that spot again? Yeah, so that, uh, that melanoma, the, that invasive uh, malignant melanoma was kind of on the right uh, temporal area. Um, and uh, it, it's right where my helmet sits on my head. And uh, I've been fortunate to work in a, in a busy fire hall um, we get to go to a lot of working fires. Um, I would use that helmet when I was teaching at a, a college as well, uh, doing live burns. And uh, I didn't uh, take the opportunity to, uh, to uh, wash it and clean it as well as I could. And, and, to, and, and to be honest, uh, given the open foam cell uh, constituency of that liner, uh, I don't believe I, I would have been able to fully clean it anyways. Um, but yeah, like a, like a good Canadian kid who, who likes uh, stinky hockey gear and flies uh, flying around it, I uh, had the same thing, uh, same mentality to my, uh, my helmet liner. And uh, I've been fortunate uh, to, be, uh, to be well supported by um, uh, representatives within our quartermaster division in, in Ottawa Fire that assists me with replacing that uh, helmet liner on occasion, typically after uh, fires, uh, to make sure that you know, I, I have something that's clean against that skin area. Um, because I am, you know, like Dr. Sayer, you're at heightened risk now. Um, and uh, as you can tell, they look at me, I'm very pale. I, I kind of avoid the sun. Uh, I, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm a bit of a sweater. So I, I never really had a lot of sun, sun exposure. Uh, it wasn't something that uh, I, I enjoy. And uh, I can probably count on one hand how many sunburns I've, I've ever received. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally convinced that it uh, didn't have anything to, to do with sun exposure and had everything to do with, you know, how absorptive that area of the body is and uh, the repeated exposures and the exposures that continued even when I wasn't at fires because, you know, you, you just didn't clean that helmet liner as often as I should have. Yeah, you're, you're part of the bald brotherhood like myself. Um, but uh, it, it's funny, like, well, it's not funny, but I've had several of my guys from my department where they've had similar issues where they've had cancer removed and it's usually crossed their forehead on the front um and that's and it's, it's right exactly where the helmet liner sits and that's something that has just been ignored over decades you know it's not an easy thing to clean it's you know the taking stuff out of your helmet changing that liner 
not user friendly at all. You never get it back in the same way. It seems it's just, uh, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. And, uh, but easy fixes. I mean, this is what's great about kind of, uh, you know, being on the, on the front end uh, and seeing all, all the great individuals and organizations move forward with uh, policy changes, procedural changes and equipment changes. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you guys put a, put people on the moon, you know, we can sure, surely change, um, our helmet liner design, um, even in a small manner uh, to make it easier and more user-friendly for sure. Even if you don't have spare helmet liners, like you're talking about, I mean, just take some soap and water to it. Just brush it yeah. out. I mean, at, at the very minimum, you know, um, I, it seems like whenever I tour places and I ask them like, how often have you cleaned your helmet, the inside and outside? And it's, a, it's still a bad, that is still a badge of honor. They're good about cleaning their gear, but their helmet, is still sacred and especially the inside they just don't even think about that so it's it's yeah. just uh education is more for than sure. anything and it's it's bang for the buck i mean if you're looking for the uh you know making the the most uh impact with the smallest amount of effort like those are are the things that can make those you know make those big impacts so hopefully prevent a diagnosis or delay it and uh what I find surprising um, as a representative for, for firefighters that, that get these illnesses is, is, is where they get it. I mean, I see the research, we attend the same conferences and symposiums and, and see how absorptive, you know, the, the face is, the jawline, the temple and the armpits and the groin area. And uh, the amount of individuals whose cancers, skin cancers have developed, you know, in the area of bathing suit recover um, is shocking. And again, these are, uh, these are not places that people are typically sunning, um, you know, in their you know, personal time. Uh, Speak so for yeah, yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, I'm maybe there's, there's occurrences. Yeah, no, of course. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you hear it, you see, you see it. And, uh, and I'm in one of those unique positions where, um, and, you know, I kind of, you know, digress a bit here, but I, uh, you know, I saw Joseph Finn speak a couple of times. Um, and, you know, he talks about, you know, all these you know, new cancer claims, you know, that were coming in Boston, having to sign for those, uh, those individuals. Um, and I have kind of a similar role, uh, you know, in, in my local and, and uh, the province here where, you know, I'm assisting members and they're coming to me with these diagnoses and it's, uh, it's shocking. It's really is. Now, did you, did just the kind of the, the, the game change when it became personal? Like you were already involved, but now it's like, you know, going through what you went through, I have to imagine like your outlook was even, your perception was just changed. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, I didn't really dwell on it a lot. Um, you know, we're fortunate to have presumptive coverage uh, in, in Ontario uh, for 17 cancers now, you know, it's grown. Uh, over the years and skin cancer is one of them, um, but we have uh, minimum years of service requirements. Um, they, can they can involve volunteer firefighting time as well. And in my case, I, I was a volunteer before becoming a career firefighter. Um, and I fell shy. I had 13 years of, of total uh, uh, time and I needed 15. My, my cancer was not covered. And, and so what, what kind of bothered me the most is, is uh, you know, uh, not having the recognition that this illness related to the occupation and the job and the exposures, um, you know, that, uh, you know, I had, you know, serving my community um, that had more to do with it. And uh, those, 
that type of feeling is something I'm trying to prevent with, with other people that have uh, similar claims. Um, so that's a continual fight. I mean, every time that we get a, a cancer coverage approved through WSIB, you know, that's a big win. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, we really take pride in as a committee. It's kind of crazy how, you know, you weren't eligible where you're at with 13 years. If you were here with me in Ohio, you would have had seven years extra that you didn't need. I mean, you only need six years here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the presumptive coverage. And it varies, it varies all over the it, place. It does. And it has a lot to do with politics as opposed to the science. I mean, we have esophageal coverage cancer and colorectal, as long as you don't get diagnosed before you're 61. Uh, but everything in between in that pipe is not covered. Um, and it's a fight. It's a fight that we, we take on continually. And I know in other jurisdictions, they cover digestive tract. They cover reproductive tract. Uh, and they realize that something that's going in, uh, <clears throat> you know, one end of that, that pipe, um, you know, maybe affecting, you know, um, structures all the way through. So, uh, so yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, the politics has, uh, you know, uh, limited some of those things, but, but hopefully we'll keep adding and keep adding and, uh, and doing that to, to make sure that those members, uh, you know, get recognized. And it's, uh, yeah, that would be a, uh, it would be a, a big improvement. And I know, especially, and again, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. Um, when we have members with behavioral health, and, you know, uh, injuries, PTSD, traumatic mental stress, um, the hit on, on them when those claims are denied for whatever reason. And, you know, they're, they're basically being told, you know, we, you know, it's not a legitimate case. Um, you know, that's crushing. And that's like victimizing, you know, these individuals to, you know, for a second time. And, uh, yeah, those are those are the, the fights that we really put a lot of horsepower behind as best we can. Yeah, down here in the states, we have now. I want to say it's either forty-eight or forty-nine that have some sort of cancer presumption law, and I think that uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think all but one Providence has presumptive for cancer. Yeah, I, I'm. Can be honest, I haven't been following. I, I don't believe so. Quebec. Quebec doesn't have it. Uh, have presumptive. I'm not but, sure if Newfoundland Labrador has presumptive. I, I'd have to double check. Um, we, but for the most part, most of the cameras covered. We've really, in the states, though, are behind when it comes to uh, PTSD bills. I don't know if if you're doing better up there or not, but. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of lobbying effort uh, done by our provincial uh, firefighting organization. And, uh, and yeah, we do have PTSD presumptive coverage for first responders, which, which covers uh, not only firefighters, but police, paramedics, uh, correctional officers. I want to I share you my law because it's, it's r ridiculous. And I just love uh, plugging how ridiculous it is at every, every chance I get. So we have PTSD, um, but it has to have an injury to go along with it. So you have to physically injure yourself in order for you also to be covered for PTSD. So I had a, a good friend. I'll give you this example. Um, a couple years ago, she's, she's on a medic. She's helping a patient in the back. The driver goes out to um, start driving to the hospital. And, and when he gets out of the medic, like instantly, the medic starts driving away. So he's not in it. Somebody else got up front and stole no. the medic with my friend and some random drunk patient. And, uh, I mean, she was kidnapped and taken for a joyride and scared the shit out of her. 
and uh clearly she's got some problems after that she's you know everything everything turned out okay the police stopped the guy and they didn't wreck or anything like that but mentally you know she had issues and she was denied any kind of workers comp coverage because she did not have to have a physical injury if she would have bumped her head or hit her elbow or twisted her ankle done anything in that she would have been covered but because she was just holy shit i'm in the captain's chair and i'm i'm putting my seatbelt on and i'm praying uh and calling dispatch uh nothing she she's had to pay for everything out of pocket and time off work and that's kind of mess i'm i'm messing or i'm dealing with uh here at home wow yeah no it's uh we have similar occurrences and uh you know i was fortunate before we got together here jim i spoke to a couple people to see you know if i could speak about some specifics about some of the 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 claims and issues that we deal with up here you know get their consent because again you know want to keep everything above board um and yeah we've you know we've dealt uh you know in the province with people that have had um you know claims uh denied for chronic mental stress and chronic mental stress typically uh you know you need to have an associated you know behavioral health disorder anxiety depression whatever it may be um but it can be arise out of like workplace harassment and you know there's been employers that investigate workplace harassment substantiate it discipline uh people and uh and wsib will say well it doesn't fall within our definition so so no we're not going to cover it you know and, and i don't know what more they want i mean when when an employer is, is you know uh, again you know substantiating these claims and following through and, and doing everything they are you know the workers doing what they should be doing the employers are doing what they should be doing um and wsb is putting their, their heels and digging their heels in it's uh it's almost criminal and you know we found out uh, that the wsib in the province of uh, ontario denies 94 to 96 percent of all chronic uh, mental stress claims you know and i just find it really hard to believe that that many, you know, injured workers are getting it wrong when applying, you know, for those claims. It's, uh, it's mind blowing. Yeah, those numbers are crazy. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Oh, let me ask you some of the other stuff that you've uh, accomplished since you've been in that position. Uh, I mean, we're talking. I mean, you're a pretty large size department, right? Yeah, so so our uh, yeah our local 162 we're, we're about a thousand members. Um, with respect to the department we work for, Ottawa Fire Services, it uh, it, encom- it encapsulates about 2,700 square kilometers. Uh, it amalgamated a number of cities around 2001. Um, so there's a volunteer component as well, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's big. I, I think we're the probably the second biggest local in the province behind Toronto. Okay, what are uh, you know I'm used to kind of the hardships of implementing uh, preventative, um, initiatives, whether it's for cancer, for behavioral health. And, uh, it is tough in a department that's a third of the size of yours. So I can just imagine how hard it is to try to get things pushed through on your end. Yeah, it's, it's exceptionally hard. And, and I am a cog in a wheel. I'm, I'm running a real a leg of a relay race that other people started well before me. Uh, and other people will, will be finishing, hopefully, um, but there's other people involved. So, um, so yeah, I, I chair our WSIB committee. We, we have a health and safety committee all within our local. And then, you know, we have to work with, with management as well and, and engage them. Um, we have some great people now in place with uh, our safety and innovation uh, division. 
uh, within the department and uh, keeping the, uh, the lines of communication open is, is good, but it's it's a struggle because you know things have a cost. People understand the risks uh, to a certain extent, um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. It really is, and it's uh, it's encouraging to see departments to do really well. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm continually impressed by um, you know uh, Vancouver, uh, Miami, Dade. Um, you know, Chris Bader, you know, Palm Beach, Florida, um, Boston has completely, you know, turned things around from 20 years ago. It's, it's unbelievable, all the advances. And that took a lot of, you know, political will, um, you know, thanks to their association, Richard Paris and, and, those, and those guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged by seeing other people be successful. I'm, I'm hoping um, to make more inroads and all you can do is fight the good fight. But yeah, it's, uh, things can be slow. Things definitely can be slow. And, uh, it's hard for me to communicate the importance to it because again, you know, a lot of people making the decisions, they're not getting the calls. Uh, you know what it's like. I mean, the, we have, uh, the Denver, Denver drill, the Nance drill, you know, all these, you know, educational training opportunities when, when somebody perishes, you know, in a fire and when, uh, when firefighters die from a fire, you know, they're dying at home. They're dying in hospital and hospices, you know, uh, you know, in silence, you know, and, and not surrounded, uh, you know, in that blaze of glory that others, and, and unfortunately doesn't receive the recognition um, it deserves. And I know talking to our members at our terminal, um, and by members, I mean, you know, retired or, and or active, um, all, they wanted, all they want to do is, you know, leave it better for the people behind them and, and, and hopefully prevent somebody else from going through what, what they're doing. And uh, so, I try to communicate that it's a, it's kind of an, an appeal to emotion, um, but uh, but it's important. And you know, if we're here to here for each other, then we should put in, be putting uh, some effort behind it. Are you able to, when you have a rookie class going on, to get in there or somebody else get in there and, and talk to these kids? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Our training center, um, you know, they've been they're they're all in. I mean, they're they're all in. It's been super. Um, I do go in, uh, it's kind of one of those public service announcements, scared straight situations um, for a lot of people that are really eager to be joining a profession, jumping in with both feet. Um, and yeah, and then telling them, hey, like, you, this is the reality of it. Um, it's hard when you're in a fire truck and there's somebody with 30 years on, their job is just to hold a radio, their gear's clean. You know, they want to go back to the station and, and hit the pit. And uh, they're going to turn around in that cab and say, hey, is, you know, you, you guys don't need to change your gear out. It's fine. Well, you know, that, that rookie is the one who did the most work, is going to be the most dirty, um, and who's going to have to put their hand up and say, you know, I, I kind of want to get my gear changed. And uh, we've seen improvements in our department, for sure. And, and I've heard about in other departments, uh, Brampton in Ontario, super progressive. They just uh, scored a really good free agent catch with uh, Rob Martin, uh, deputy chief that they picked up out there. I can't wait to see all the, all the improvements and uh, advances are going to make in that department. But, uh, but yeah, things are moving in the right direction. The rookie classes is big. Uh, I go to our retired uh, firefighter uh, association meetings as well, you know, speak to them and, and advocate and provide information so uh, they can get ahead of things. But uh, yeah, it, it's good. It, those are the real gems to grab onto. So as long as I don't put my foot in my mouth, it's uh, no, it's a it's a hard sell to actually both those groups you mentioned, the retirees and the rookies. You know, when you're talking to the rookies, it's like, hey, you know, 30 years down the road, this may happen to you. You know, this may affect your family. These guys and gals a lot of times don't have families at that point. 
that's so far yeah. ahead of them <clears throat> yeah absolutely and uh, you, it's it's hard to to picture that and it's and making it personal uh i think helps but it's still unfortunately a hard a hard sell and then you get to the retirees or you get to the, the firefighters at the older age there and they're like i've i've already committed many sins you know i've already um done a lot of dumb things looking back and it's i'm too far gone i mean that's the the talk you 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 know they give us a lot of times yeah i've uh my experience has been a little different um i think the, the young people i i think we we reach i do um, and we do put it in other terms. I mean, you, you know, um, you know, all the all the research has been coming out with you know the endocrine disrupting effects of things like PFAS and other chemicals we're exposed to, and uh, you know, soot deposition on placentas and how that's passed over. Um, you know, and all the health effects that you know, especially female firefighters, you know, are are unfortunately dealing with. So uh, it does affect families. You know, if you, you're not worried about yourself, it's going to affect you know your children. It's it's going to be passed down. And, uh, and the older people I talk to, they see their friends getting sick, you know, they see their friends getting ill and sick. And it's more of a, you know, if I knew, you know, then what I, what I knew now, um, I would have done things differently. Um, and, uh, and in our case in 2020, you know, we don't have that excuse. We, we do know better. It's uh, I have a harder time with the, the five to 15 year range, uh, firefighter and, uh, you know, people that want to put out a great Instagram picture of themselves working out on the bay floor rolling around in diesel particulate and, and all that uh when we have gym facilities in every station in ottawa you know, we, we 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 can do better and, uh, and we should be doing better that way so that, that's kind of the cohort I, I kind of struggle with on occasion yeah let me ask you this um how is uh how's it going up there with scba use during overhaul you know what, really well, really well. And I've seen a huge difference. I was hired full-time in Ottawa in 2008. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, once, you know, if you could bear the smoke during overhaul, um, you know, a lot of times you're, you're off air, uh, you know, you're following your officers and if they choose to, to go off air, you're going off air. When your bells go off, you turn your pack off, keep going. And, uh, and that's changed. I mean, we have, uh, you know, really great air management uh, uh, division within, uh, you know, our local, and uh, yeah, really good stuff. I mean, we're, we're beginning to use wipes now. Um, the platoons, all platoons now are just beginning to, to complete the issuance of their second sets of gear so they can change at their home station and shower there instead of crossing town to exchange gear at a central location. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'd like to see a little bit, uh, you know, uh, more, uh, I guess, advances in some of the on-scene decon stuff, uh, you know, as well as eliminating dirty things from inside the cab. Uh, but uh, there's always going to be room for improvement. And right. we have a, we have a pretty, uh, you know, harsh climate at times uh, up here in Ottawa. So, you know, that poses additional challenges. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you, are you doing uh, actually wet gross decon or PER at, at any time? You know what? We, we are, we are. And, uh, you know, I've done wet decon in the winter, you know, I, I've stripped out of my, my gear and into a Tyvex suit, you know, in a, in a snowbank. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it happens. Um, it should happen more. It's, uh, you know, repeating some of the messaging again is, is super important. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it could be better. Uh, but it, uh, it really is uh, a long way away from where it was just, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Okay. I've asked a lot of researchers, um, you know, here in the States about 
PFO and PFOS and, and kind of what's going on there. Is it the same concerns up north? Same issues? hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know what? It's, uh, it's great to hear, uh, you know, I've, I've heard uh, Sean Mitchell on your program um, and, and, and listen to, you know, the, the tone, uh, timbre of his voice as the, uh, the interview progresses. It's, it's palpable to, to, you know, really is the, the passion um, and the significance of this issue uh, with respect to what's going on in Nantucket. And uh, yeah, we're investigating it full steam ahead uh, here in Ottawa. Um, we've had, uh, we've been fortunate to, to be involved with all sorts of, uh, you know, studies in the past. Um, but this area of, is of huge interest. Um, you know, our health and safety committee is, uh, you know, committed uh, to the issue. I know I'm committed to it. And I totally, I, I know what our toxic load is as firefighters that we're carrying. And if we can be eliminating these things that are in us, like, like a you know, RSP payment or a 401k payment, you know, you, you get a, a dose of, of, of a PFO or PFOS, I mean, we're, we're talking years, you know, within you. And uh, yeah, if we can prevent those for sure. So yeah, we've, uh, we've reached out uh, to our provider. We're trying to get more information. I'd really like to see manufacturers commit all in to, uh, to finding changes and alternatives uh, instead of, uh, you know, promoting a, in an old industry narrative where, you know, let's uh, introduce a new chemical. And then until you prove that it's hazardous, let's just assume it's safe. Yeah. Um, I think those days should be, should be behind us. Change, change the record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time Big a song. chemical is studied, they, they find it to be toxic or hazardous to one extent or another. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's in our dust. It's in our, it's in the gear. It's, it's all over the place. I feel like it's, we've been there before with the flame retardants and, and even before our time, cause we're, I'm still, I'm gonna say we're relatively young. Uh, you know, big tobacco played this game. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's the new asbestos and uh, you know, we get notified, uh, you know, a week after, you know, we attend a fire that by the way, that, you know, there's asbestos in that building that you're at, just so you know, and it's okay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, the only coverage we have in, in Ontario is, is lung cancer, but uh, you know, when you develop asbestosis, um, you know, pleural plaques, uh, you know, other, you know, uh, pulmonary uh, fibrosis, those things aren't covered. And it, uh, it took uh, our committee a year and a half fighting WSIB uh, for one of our retired members um, you know, to get their asbestosis covered. We were, show, we were sending them, you know, newspaper clipping, clippings from the 1970s, giving them reports from federal buildings that have done asbestos abatement, you know, in the last 30 years and as they've attended, um, you know, had to, given the historical context of having one SCBA on, a, on, a, on an engine, you know, yeah. in Ottawa at that time, you know, not even having these things available. And uh, it took us a year and a half. And finally, this member, had their claim approved and, and are now able to access, you know, $50,000 in immunotherapy medication that will hopefully halt the progression of, of their illness. Um, you know, that's, that's life-changing for that individual. Um, it's those type of fights shouldn't happen, but you know, it's going to happen to a lot of us you know, in the future. So yeah, I think, you know, PFAS is going to be the next asbestos and it's going to have a legacy continue on for dozens of years in the future. Why aren't we, you know, focusing more on eliminating it because you know there are there there can't there surely are alternatives and uh, if it means carrying an extra two pounds of water weight you know at a structure fire i'll do it i'll take the water weight all day i'll take it all day instead of taking a dose of a, of a fluorinated 
compound that's going to stay in my bloodstream for three years. Like, you know, those, those are no brainers. Nice. Um, how are you guys doing with, uh, do you have any peer support up there? Yes. Yeah, we do. Kind of going yeah. all over the place. I, and I feel comfortable going all over the place with you because I know you're, you're, you're diverse in, in what you do. Yeah. Maybe I have a terrible attention span possibly. Um, no, I mean, uh, yeah. So I, you know, as I've mentioned before, you know, we, we have, uh, as with every fire department, we, we struggle with behavioral health injuries, uh, traumatic exposures. Um, we have a peer support team. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of headed by, uh, one of the committee members on our WFI committee. Um, and we, it has full support of fire management as well, which is amazing. Uh, full support of our association. Um, and it's great as a first point of contact. Um, and uh, we get a lot of referrals actually as a WSW committee from, from peer support. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you gotta be careful how much, you know, you take on in your bucket, you know, as a peer supporter. Um, but, uh, but they're not afraid of, of adding more members to that team to help. And, you know, we've had our instances in, in Ottawa, you know, you know, bus crashes, you know, train crashes and all sorts of uh, mass casualty incidences, which have oftentimes, you know, had to initiate these things. And, and I'm glad to see that it's not only working for people in suppression, but our communications officers at dispatch, um, you know, and, uh, and our members of fire prevention as well. It's, it's needed everywhere. Nice. I'm not sure if you're even aware. I know um, we just had our OAPFF convention last month and, uh, I think not even a month ago and you know harold was on the big screen there he wasn't there live in person but he mentioned making a canadian uh iff center of excellence so you would love it i mean i've tried I've, I've tried getting people to uh down to maryland and it is tough it's it's tough and especially now with everything going on that oh, yeah. magic yeah. i'm not even going to say that word uh yeah. that ends with a 19 uh it's been really tough. So having your own place up there where you don't have to worry about going across a border, I think makes perfect sense for you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're fortunate. There's a number of different programs available in Ontario, but it's uh, it's one of those things where something may work wonderfully for one individual and it's a, it's a disaster for somebody else and, and they need something else. Um, I know that we do have the capability to seek treatment outside the province and that get, gets covered by WSIB you have to jump through a pile of hoops. I mean, if there's a church basement up in Northern Ontario somewhere with a, with a, a, a weekend program, you're going up there. You have to exhaust everything, all options. And, and it really, it causes a lot of, a lot of barriers to, to jump up for a member. That's, that's such a, a turnoff. Like, and, and jumping through these hoops, I mean, just I've realized in my time in doing this, like if, when you have one of us that finally say, I need help, I'm ready that's huge. That's a big step for us. Like that doesn't, you know, we are so hard headed and against helping ourselves. We help everybody else. No problem. But when it comes to ourselves, it's difficult. Um, and so when you finally have that individual that is ready, like you, you can't have any obstacles. I mean, it needs to be seamless. Like just oh, I being able to get that person to where they need to go, and, and, and hoping and praying that that wherever they go doesn't drop the ball because it's going to be that much worse if they do. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, seeing people not supported through a recovery program is, is heartbreaking, you know, and, uh, and knowing what people go through before they get to that stage, they, they, they become brave enough to ask for help. Um, you know, it's, it's eye-opening as well. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and unfortunately, with like every, every insurer, you know, we, we deal with one that has, you know, they have their own bureaucracy. There's timelines where you have to file this paperwork by this date. You have to contact us for this. And, and people that are struggling with these, these bona fide illnesses, you know, it, it just doesn't correlate. It doesn't, doesn't work out. And uh, it's, it's hard for some people um, from that insurance side to understand that. And, uh, and we really try to support, you know, our firefighters in the province the best we can. Uh, Brian Secord uh, chairs the uh, WSIB committee. Um, for the province that, that I sit on and, you know, it, it's 24 seven. I mean, I, I can't talk to that person, that, that individual for more than 10 minutes without, you know, his phone blowing up and beeping from, from somewhere in the province and people looking for help and assistance and, and try and navigate the, you know, these, these edifices that are put in front of us by the province. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now let me switch gears again. I don't, I, with you, I don't feel like I have to do segues. I can just kind of skip all over the place. It's kind of nice. Shoot. Let's do it. Oh, let's talk about, let's talk about workouts. Yeah. Cause you, you and your wife do something I think is, is pretty cool. And I've, yeah. I've seen this before. If, if you follow Neil or his wife on Twitter, like you'll, you'll kind of see this, but go ahead and explain it. And then I'll, I'll actually open up my phone, which I've avoided at this point so far. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Since March, um, we have uh, we've committed to to a daily workout um, in memory of, of those we've lost in the line of duty. Um, you know, we, we began with with our home local, and you know, when you know the province, where we're choosing somebody typically who passes on, on that day that we're working out. So yeah, since March, we we haven't missed a workout, rain or snow, or you know, even squeezing it in on our shifts at work. Um, and, uh, and committing to, to honoring those individuals, you know, that pass in, in line duty. And for the most part, uh, these are individuals that pass from occupational illnesses, um, recognizing their sacrifice and the sacrifices that the, their family and the community have made um, and trying to pay tribute. I mean, uh, you know, people are, are never truly gone as long as they're remembered. And uh, we're trying to do our part for that. And uh, yeah, my wife, Jenna, you know, has been really spearheading that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 41, almost 42. She's 39, and it's uh, it's not an easy you know, gamble. I would I would love to uh, spend a lot of days on the couch, but uh, it's something we're committed to. So uh, we do the best we can, and uh, we've been fortunate to be down at the down in Miami at the um, uh, the Dolphins uh, Cancer Challenge. You know, run there for for a couple of our members and for our retirees as well. And uh, we're going to continue it as long as our bodies can sustain it. That's there. There's the commitment. Mike dropped that commitment right here on your program, Jim. So, but these, I want to go back into these, these uh, daily routines, exercises, because uh, not only are you dedicating it to an individual, but um, you're, you're really personalizing it to them. So like, I'll give you an example. Like yesterday, you text me and said, I want to do, if it's okay with you, I want to do a workout tomorrow. We, you're, you know, Jenna and you do a workout tomorrow for Rod Longprey, which is one of my guys that recently passed from occupational cancer. And you just asked me, um, what are some, you know, tell me some more about him. Give me, I think you asked for like station number, badge number, 
uh, IFF local number, just give, give me numbers so I can incorporate them into my workout, give me some photos and, and all that kind of stuff. So I sent all that stuff to you. Before we started this podcast, you sent me everything, what you did already today, and I didn't want to look at it. I still, I still don't, but I want to look at it now and uh, just read what you actually, you guys did this morning. So uh, bear with me, listeners. Um, okay. So you wore uh, the Miami Dow Dolphins Cancer Challenge shirts in recognition of Rod's achievements in the community. Uh, your wife's going to put it on Twitter later today. Um, you, you completed uh, 13 full rounds before 55 minutes were up, which is uh, 50, 55 was his badge number. It was humbling experience and re remembrance and an effort. All, on, all in all was 1,111 reps. And uh, you lifted a total of 55,575 pounds to your wife's 38,025 pounds. And you, you posted uh, kind of the pictures. You, you sent it to me on, uh, on my page. That's awesome. Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah, here's the numbers. Uh, 136 burpees, 15 deadlifts, 15 hand cleans, 15 push press, 15 double unders, 15 sit-ups. That was, you know, he was at station 15s with me. So uh, that's so awesome. I haven't, I haven't been on that Twitter machine yet to actually see this live, but man, you got some arms on you too, dude. <laughs> you know what? After that workout, they were, they felt like they were falling off. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, That's... it's uh, I, Jenna's out uh, out shopping with uh, with our son uh, Cole, and uh, she her her plan is to get that up on Twitter uh, in memory of Rod. And uh, yeah, it was uh, we both uh, we, we left it all out there on on the mat uh, form. It's uh, it is it is humbling. It really it really is, and we're happy that we could uh, we could remember him and uh, and do that. Yeah. And uh, I, I know I, I get a lot of feedback from from uh, individuals that uh, are touched, family members that are out there on Twitter. We, we don't get a lot of likes, a lot of retweets in the big scheme of things. We're, we're not Kardashians or Dwayne Thank, Rock Johnson. Thankfully. No, no, The Rock's cool. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're uh, really happy. We're really happy to do, to do it. And uh, no, you, thank you so much. You, uh, yeah, you caught me off guard yesterday when, when you asked me that. And it was humbling because it's um, – you know, you're doing this for somebody that you don't even know, but at the same time, it's, it's through me. And that was, uh, uh, it was powerful for sure. It, uh, it got me yesterday and it's getting me again a little bit today. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, we're really, really pleased we can be part of it. It's, uh, yeah, it, uh, for sure. I'm there with you, Jim. It's, uh, well, it's just meaningful. I mean, not just for me, but for i mean every day you're doing this for somebody and you know that's huge you know just talking i was talking another week to jim burklight about uh the fire fire velo and and you know the rides they do san francisco la or la to new york and how they um dedicate the rides to you know individuals that that you know those people know those riders know and oh it's like i i feel even personally i'm like i need to do something because my list keeps getting bigger and bigger and I, I need, you know, I just want to pay tribute to them more so than I already, I think I have. 
it's yeah you know i mean well you're doing so much uh june but it's uh, it really is it's a you know these workouts take, you know, take an hour 45 minutes um but uh you know we're going through a little bit and uh again through, through my role dealing with members that have become ill become terminal and, and are lost um you know those are the fights that are painful those are the fights that really hurt um, and this is a really small, but uh, again, it's it's acknowledging it. It's acknowledging it publicly. It's keeping people, you know, in our minds and, and our hearts. Um, and I'm glad that we're able to do it and uh, and sweat it out. So the uh, the mind's willing, uh, the the body's able for now. So we'll see. Nice. Well, let me try to get out on a, a more of a hopefully happy note. Um, let's do some 25 questions. Yeah. You know, you know, the rules, not all 25 questions. Although that would be, I should just do a show at some time where I just ask all of these, but that's, yeah. we're not going to do that today. Not today. Not today. So if you will just start out a number, we'll go from there. How's that? You know what? I'll, I'll start with my station numbers, station 12. All right. Here's your choice. Zoo or amusement park. You know what? I I'm an animal guy. I do the zoo for sure. hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Where, and when you go in that zoo, where are you heading to? You know what? I'm actually, in my mind, I'm thinking about the aquarium in Vancouver. I got family out there and, uh, you know, I've uh, been able to visit there with my family. It's been a wonderful experience. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm watching, uh, those chubby seals, uh, you know, swim upside down underwater, staring at me. It's, uh, they're pretty entertaining. Nice. I like that. Good deal. All right. How about another one? What else uh, you got? You know what? Let's, let's try 21. That's Jenna's station. All right. Favorite album. Ooh, that's great. That's a great question. Um, you know what? Favorite album. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a huge music guy, but, uh, you know, I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few. I don't know. There was something about the darkness. Um, you know, their, when their, their first albums, I thought it was entertaining and I would just, it would put a grin on my face. Um, and I grew up on Wu-Tang. So uh, 36 Chambers. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, from Shaolin. Wu-Tang forever. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I didn't see you as a Wu-Tang Clan fan. That's yeah, great. I don't know. I, I, I almost said Bruce Warnsby's greatest hits. Oh, too, man. Like, and piano medley in the darkness that was uh, in my younger days that was a uh bar favorite as far as the jukebox goes yeah i believe in a thing called love exactly yeah yes who doesn't what, though eh? all right so that was that was jenna's station what what would she say her favorite album is oh wow uh might get you in trouble here no no she's um you know it would probably country hits from the 90s it would be it would be a, a melange of country hits from the '90s for sure. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'll take that. What's uh What's another number? All right. Let's uh, let's try nine. All right. Again, another choice. You know, you got to choose one of these. Unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos? Oh, sushi. Hundred percent sushi. Okay. Yeah. What What type of sushi? sashimi let's go no rice you know i don't want to get bogged down by carrying extra weight in those workouts i got to slug through so uh so yeah i'll go so, uh, any type of sashimi 
um, fresh fish we like to you know the eel a tuna belly delicious well my philly roll you ever do a philly roll no i haven't cream i'm cheese. thinking there yeah there must be cream cheese cream cheese <laughs> all right um uh, let's keep going this is good Pick yeah, yeah. okay um how about uh two two that was my my jersey number in hockey all right <laughs> i know i i hope i know what your answer is on this one toilet paper holder over or under you know what i have to concede that i lost this argument i was an under i was a diehard under um until uh until my wife showed me the patent on the toilet paper roll which clearly demonstrates that it should be over so uh yeah i think the uh that book has can close on on it it's got to be an over now okay good that was that was correct answer um (laughs) you got any tattoos lots yeah absolutely everywhere yeah yes i want to do that any any that kind of have meaning behind it yeah so um you know i've got fire i've got fire department started high on my shoulder on my left side um the mask is an isi mask that's what was in service when when i started and uh then uh, continuing down my arm it's it's a nordic theme um on my mother's side uh they're norwegian my grandfather was norwegian um so i've got a viking i've got a molnir hammer on my my hand and uh and some text uh, as well lo there do i see the line of my people back to the beginning they bid me take my place among them in the halls of Valhalla. Um, so yeah, so that's a tribute to my mom. Uh, you know, she passed uh, uh, five years ago, and uh, I hold her close to my heart and on my left arm. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you have meaning behind yours because I've got them, but they're all pretty dumb. <laughs> they're all, and you, I don't know if you'll be able to see it or not. I'm no, not really, but. Like I've got like Lord of the Rings elfish language on me that talk about in a land of Mordor where the shadows lie, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, in the darkness bind them, in a land of Mordor where the shadows lie. Amazing. It tells a story. Amazing. That, like, I mean, that is, is, no, it's a great story and I love it, but that's, that's what happens when you have a punk kid get a full-time job um, and get too much money too early. You, <laughs> buy, you do dumb shit like that. Oh, no, you should wear it with pride. Wear it with pride. <laughs> no, I've been in my head. I've been thinking of, uh, I've, I've got stuff in my head that I know that like actually has meaning behind it. Have you read the uh, David Griffin book about tattoos? No, no, I have not. Let me find it here. Uh, oh, yes. Tattoos and Trauma. That's a great book. Um, I'm writing this down. Just about... Uh, he does a great job and obviously he's he's tattooed out but just uh how individuals pay tribute or have memories um through tattoos and it's it's kind of a healing process a lot of times so yeah i can see it i mean uh yeah Uh, let me see if i can get you out of here on one other one um let's find a good one all right, I, I, I want to stay with the music thing. So, first concert. You know what? I'm totally not even uh, hijacking someone else's answer, but Roy Orbison. I know that's come up on your show before, but uh, my father uh, used to take uh, my brother and I to uh, uh, Ottawa Rough Rider games. He also took us to Montreal Expos games, but uh, 
I remember, uh, I believe Roy Orbison played like at the halftime show uh, for an Ottawa Rough Rider football game. Um, Pretty Woman came on and I was probably like five or six years old, uh, something like that. But uh, so that would have been my first musical, outdoor musical experience other than probably Rafi or something like that. That's great. But I mean, that's right away that young, you know, I'm jealous of you. Let me ask you, let me ask you it in a different way though. Uh, what was the first concert you paid for? Like you yeah. as an adult or like a teenager got a ticket for where you paid for it? I would have to say, you know, it's, it's probably, it's a blur. It's a blur. Uh, but I would say probably Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were in an area with seating, so uh, it wasn't as, as lively as what the, you know, people had promised, but it was, uh, yeah, it was loud. It was entertaining. Great people with us. Um, but yeah, great concert. I saw them a couple of times actually. Can I tell you my Smashing Pumpkin story? Shoot. Yeah, go ahead. It's my show. I can do it. I'm going to, uh, no, uh, just a couple of years ago, I'm watching them in a, it's a smaller venue and it's Halloween and, uh, they come out and they're all dressed up as like in Halloween, you know, outfits or whatever. And, you know, they just keep playing a single song and they play it over for like 10 or 15 minutes and it's the monster mash you know and it's just it's repetitive and we're like what the hell's going on and and billy corgan yells at the guitarist because he keeps messing up and he's like you know what the hell and they have this big like argument on stage and they walk out and there's silence in the crowd like what happened what just what the hell just happened you know they're arguing over the monster mash what are you know and it it went on and on and the lights came on which if you know like where i'm at where i'm used to is when the lights come on the show is over it's time to leave that's it and we're just sitting there going did we just witness the breaking up of the smashing pumpkins during the monster mash and we're like and it just went on for like 30 45 minutes you can look it up it was in columbus and uh they finally came back out and they're in full Smashing Pumpkins garb at that point. And he was just like, trick or treat, more like trick. And Come then they, they play on and it's like, oh, they were screwing with us. <laughs> oh, way. That would make for a memorable show. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> That's, uh, I can't was, top that. It wasn't typical. I mean, and then they played and it was, it was great. And I enjoyed myself. But there was, there was a definitely about a 45 minute window where I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> what did we just witness? That was bizarre. And it was all Amazing. them screwing with us, which is good. hindsight. Good for them, I guess. It's fun. It's a show. It's a show for sure. All right. Well, about this show is probably about done, I think. For my listeners out there, they wanted to track you down. They want to stalk you. They want to ask you some questions. How would they go about doing that? Um, well, they could email me or, uh, or hit me up on Twitter. It's uh, Neil, uh, Neil McMillan, M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N-162. That's my Twitter. Um, or my email, nmcmillan, M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N, uh, at ottawafirefighters.org. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? In this, in this day and age when it's hard to get together, um, I'm fully up for virtual networking and getting the 
the good word out there, sharing great information, find out what successes and achievements people are, are doing in other areas for sure. So hope uh, hope some of your listeners uh, hit me up either on Twitter or, or by email. No, that's great because you are a wealth of knowledge, um, and the stuff that you're doing is uh, believe me, I'm I'm all on board because it seems uh, it seems like we do a lot of the same things, but you're even doing it on a bigger scale, which is cool. It's, uh, it's great. It really is. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I know anything any more than you do, uh, Jim, but I'm just, uh, yeah, I soak it all in from, from the experts out there. And I'm so happy that, uh, that the, the people with all the letters behind their names are so giving with, uh, with help and, uh, and with communicating information. It's, uh, it's great. That, it's really, it's that's true. People. And that's, and that's really happened over the last probably decade where we've probably even less than that to where we've started to have all this research and as a research is actually getting to the firefighters in in areas that we can actually apply it to and hopefully make a difference. So, yeah, but with that, let's go ahead and leave on that note. Um, he's Neil, I'm Jim, and we are out of time. So thank you, my friend. Thank you, Jim.